Welcome to the Nicholas Natale Show, where we chat with entrepreneurs, experts, and entertainers to help you live a more fulfilling life and take your business to the next level. This is part two of chatting with Jason Watson. If you haven't listened to part one, I recommend you pop back over there and tune into that episode. Then you can rejoin us here. A quick recap, Jason Watson helps business owners to exponentially grow their businesses without working more hours, technical skill, or large marketing budgets. He's a masterful copywriter and offer builder. This episode will be completely uninterrupted. I'm talking absolutely ad-free, baby. But the deal is, if we're going uninterrupted, before we dive in, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share this episode with a friend that you know would benefit from it. These shares and reviews help me reach out to guests, which will in turn bring more value to you on how to live a fulfilling life and level up your business. Riddle of the week, what has more letters than the alphabet? Stay tuned to the end of the episode to find out. That was the intro. Now here is the episode. I want to switch gears into the crafting offers part of it, because another thing that you've done is you've done hundreds, if not thousands of working with business owners to have great offers for their courses or their coaching consultations, things like that. And from what you've let me in on, there's a three piece combo that creates a great offer. The offer has to be relevant, unique and urgent. Walk me through this three piece combo and what does it take to have a great offer? How do you how do you craft that? Sure, it's a loaded question. Okay, so relevant, unique, urgent. So basically, relevance is like, do people actually care? If you're going after married men and you're trying to teach them dating, well, like, I hope they're not going to resonate with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you never know, but I hope. So I'm talking about kind of relevancy. Um, so it's that idea. It's like, what direction is the market currently moving? So like you'll see now there's a big exodus away from Facebook and it's into YouTube. So you'll find that YouTube offers are very relevant. Podcasts are becoming more relevant. So it's like, do people care about my thing? Like is the market, is there momentum towards that direction? That's the like the relevance kind of aspect. Then you've got urgency. A lot of people think urgency is like, hey, I've only got five spots or three spots, but it can also be one hour. Because in essence, what an offer is, is a transaction in exchange for money. So like you have a problem, I will solve that problem in exchange for money. It's a value, value transaction. So basically, it could be like, I will solve that problem quickly and that'll be urgency. So instead of like, give me six months, it's give me three days and I'll solve your problem. And that increases the value kind of exponentially because it's like, you know, I don't have to wait this long. I can get it in an hour or three days or five days. So, so that's the urgency aspect. Then unique. So people see a lot of stuff. We are advertised at constantly. So basically the idea is, is like promises get almost like diluted. It's like people get bored of them. Like if you look at weight loss, it's like if I said to you, you could lose, I don't know if you talk in pounds or whatever, I deal in kilograms. But let's say like, I don't, I don't know the difference, but let's say like 30 pounds in like a week. Like that's not, not like surprising <laughs> news. Intense. Like obviously I don't know what the conversion is. Like, it might be weird. <laughs> but like that messaging has probably been said before. It's like, let me take, take this smoothie and you'll lose like, let Everything. me iron it down. Yeah. Like, you'll, be, you'll be skinny and supple and beautiful in like a week. You know what I mean? Like that's where the dating, I mean the, the health space has gone. So basically it's called, it's, it's like an awareness. It's promise awareness. So if I said to you, like, say for example, 
hey, um, Nick, let me teach you how to start podcasting. He'd be like, I've heard that before. It's not unique. If you going back to like, what is the perfect offer? It's a combination of the three of those. So it's like, how do I give the best possible result in the shortest amount of time that like they actually care about and they haven't seen over and over and over again? That's basically in a nutshell what it is that you're looking for. Would you also toss in the risk or guarantee being part of the the formula as well of like the whole money back guarantee or like I'll work with you until we make this happen? Do you think that also is a pivotal aspect of creating a great offer? Yeah, 100%. So when you're talking about urgency, relevance and all of that stuff, it that that's more I view that more as a kind of positional kind of positional stuff, almost like a strategic kind of outlook. But if you're going more into like nitty gritty, like literally nitty gritty, it's like four, they're basically four parts. It's like the result, the time, um, will it work for me? And like, what happens if it doesn't work? So basically it's like the biggest result, like I'll help you make a thousand dollars in one week. So you've got the time one week, you've got the money, the result, a thousand, it could be any result. And then basically you're talking about like, will it work for me? Like, don't worry, it's guaranteed. You know, so that's an internal based objection. The person that that's, they're not probably not saying that out loud, but they're thinking that because everyone thinks they're like special snowflakes and it's like, I'm somehow special. Will it work for me? So that's why it's risk reversal. It's like, you know, it's guaranteed to work for. Like if it doesn't, you'll get your money back. If it doesn't, you know, whatever the guarantee is. And then the final one is, is like, remember, I'm a special snowflake. So like, what if I can't do it? And that's why you want to position it as kind of as done for you as possible. So it's, don't worry about that at all. Like, it doesn't matter because like, I'm doing it for you, or I'm helping you one on one with this. And that's countering the two kind of internal based objections. So it's basically giving them a really good promise with a low time frame, and then kind of covering those objections in a nutshell and you bring up the the tears the tier system of like done for you and this is this is something that has changed my perspective entirely and i did not know this before chatting with you is the three tiers of done for you done with you and do it yourself how can business owners or people that want to create an offer of their own how can they utilize those three tiers effectively so you always want to lead this is actually such a it, it's a it's a conversation that I have with absolutely everyone and people don't seem to pick this up kind of very easily. But like the easiest way would be to explain it. It would be like, let's pretend your goal would be, you know, a six-figure business, $100,000 per year business. Let's say that's your goal. If I said to you, um, do you want me to like personally create your offer, you know, write a sales letter and guarantee that you get $100,000 in the next 30 days? Then you're like, you know, that's awesome. That's a done-for-you offer. Okay, so if that was the promise and I said, you know, 130 days and you get on the phone with me and I'm like, yeah, we can do that. Like it's guaranteed, but it's going to cost you, you know, 50,000 to work with me um, because, you know, you're getting 100,000, you're doubling your, your investment in one month. So it sounds pretty good to me. But if you don't like that price, if you balk at that price, then I can downsell you. So I could say... You know, you might be a better fit for my group coaching program, or you could be a better fit for my um, course. But the point that I'm trying to make is, is you always want to position 
or advertise your offer is done for you because it's the most attractive messaging. So if I said to you, hey, Nick, do you want me to show you how to make an offer, a $100,000 business in 30 days? It's like, cool, but it's not as compelling as like, I'll literally do it for you. So what we do is, is we lead with the done for you because it's the most attractive. It doesn't matter if you want to fulfill or not. It's basically irrelevant. You can drop, you can say, look, I'm booked out. Like, like I'm yeah. only accepting <laughs> group coaching people. You can do that. Like that's perfectly up to you. But it's like, we want people to get on the phone with you. It's like, what is the easiest way to do that? And that's to like, give them a done for you offer. So that's how the th three tiers kind of interact. Man, super valuable. I, I remember in a, in parts of Joel's course too, he talks about how this three-tier system is kind of a similar model to how Tesla started as well as this done-for-you offer is the highest ticket offer. And when you sell those first, you can bring in more cash flow to like do a better job with the other ones. And so Tesla started with like the Roadster that was like $150,000 and then trickled down into more for the masses kind of vehicles. But I think the point being is like, when you sell done for you offers initially, that income that it brings in is higher. So you're not going to be stressed about how do you fulfill on these smaller orders over time, which I think is really, really cool. Yeah. I mean, that's credit to Joel, to Joel Uwe, but like, it's actually easier to sell those high ticket things than the low ticket ones. I, I've written both of those, like lots of sales letters for both of them. And like selling cheap stuff is actually hard. Like for whatever reason, people just don't want to buy it. But then I don't actually know what the answer is. If you ever find this out, like tell me why. But it's like, it is like the same thing to sell an expensive thing as it is something cheap. It's actually easier to sell because it gives you those margins, right? You spend like a hundred thousand on ads and you get back 20,000 as opposed to spending a thousand and maybe breaking even on like low ticket. High ticket's the way, like if you're starting, yeah. definitely. <laughs> yeah, I think so too, because I, I think as soon as somebody broke down the math for me, would you rather have 500 customers that, you know, are probably not that high value or would you rather have 20 customers that all really are into your stuff and are super invested? Like this is, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'd rather have the smaller amount. Let's do this. Let's talk about avatars. When somebody's creating their avatar, they're trying to find it. Tell me what this phrase is all about. Closest to the conversion hole. So when somebody's trying to find their avatar that's most likely to buy, what does that mean? Again, I'm going to give credit to Joel because he's the person that told me. He's been my mentor through this whole thing, if you guys haven't realized. But basically, <laughs> the conversion hole is the person that's closest to the sale. Okay, so the easiest way I can explain this is if, like, let's say these headphones. Okay, where's my cell phone? So imagine the cell phone. So I buy a cell phone and I want to go running. So I go and I run and I want to listen to music, but I'm like that douchebag that's playing music out loud. So everyone looks at me, so I come home and I'm like, oh, damn it, like, is there some way I can listen to music without being the douchebag? So at this point, I'm unaware and I became problem aware. So I'm like, I have this problem. Like, how can I listen to music while I run? So I go into Google and I find headphones. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I just became solution aware. And I went and, you know, I Googled like Bluetooth headphones, like all these different headphones. Okay. So I end up buying, you know, some headphones and then the cable gets jumbled up while I run. And then I go and I get Bluetooth ones and then they run out of batteries. 
So basically, like, that's who we're going after, that person. So if you think about it from a sales perspective, so say, for example, we are selling podcasting, start a podcasting business. Like, if you went to a nine-to-five, your first discussion would be, hey, dude, you need to leave nine-to-five and become an entrepreneur. So that's sales conversation one. Sales conversation two is, like, the easiest way is, I don't know, to become a coach or a consultant. That's how you get success as an entrepreneur. So that's sales conversation two. Three, podcasting is the way to do that. Like, that's how you get clients. Four, you should work with me. So that's four conversations. So instead, what we want to do is, is we want to go as close to the conversion as possible. So if it's podcasting, I want to go after, it depends what the offer is, but someone like you or someone that's trying and failing at podcasting. So like, you're obviously not failing, but it's like, say you wanted to be the next Tim Ferriss. Let's hypothetically say, say I could, my offer was to make you into someone like that. Then technically, I mean, it's all a matter of perspective, right? It's, so it's like, I want to go after the, that person. So if my offer is like, hey, I will get you a million listens, or I don't know what the metrics are, but it's like, that's who I'd want to talk to because that's the easiest person to sell. So if I can sell, if I can convince that person that I can get them the result, then they're already sold on podcasting. They already have all the stuff. They know what they're doing, all of that stuff. So it's a very easy conversation. It's just like, hey, dude, I can get that result for you. And then you skip that entire sales process. So that's who you're going after. So like if you're doing it for yourself in your own business, it's like, what is the person that is trying and failing to do the thing I am doing? What are they doing? Like, are they going on Google? Are they looking for coaches? Are they, what are they doing? They're buying courses. They're doing all of that kind of stuff. Like the thing you want to ask yourself is like, what are they searching for in Google? Because like, that's the person that you're going after because they are already trying and failing at your thing. That's powerful. And I mean, I think it even falls into like understanding of the behaviors of your avatars too, understanding their obstacles, what they're doing and why it's not working for them. Yeah, that's that's all super insightful. I'm going to ask you a question that's got a little bit of playfulness to it. If you had to sell your own feces, how would you do it? <laughs> sell my own feces. So this is actually, I mean, it's actually funny because like you literally can sell anything, like literally anything. So in that, in that situation, it's, it's circumstantial, right? It's like, obviously, who? Like, who are you going to sell your feces to? So it's like, who, could, who has a problem that my feces could solve? So realistically, you could go the direction of a farmer. Mm-hmm. It's like some dude that wants to, like, make his farm nice or his garden or, like, whatever it is, okay? So, like, that's the obvious choice. So you find someone that has a problem that your feces can solve, right? So I'd go after a farmer when there's a manure shortage. That's probably what I... <laughs> what that's I your best bet. Yeah, and then I'd package it all pretty and talk about how <laughs> how I've been eating... I mean, eating best. like maximum nutrition. Yeah, that is incredible. <laughs> I I love that so much because it proves the point. Like, you can sell anything as long as you know who needs your thing, the problem that you're trying to solve. That's so great. I love that. There are there are only not a handful, but like a hundred, maybe a few hundred copywriters in the world that are actually breeding results. What do you think the largest factor is from amazing copywriters that get the results people are chasing after and good, they're good, good copywriters? My experience in this space has been like 
everyone, everyone says that they, there are thousands and thousands of copywriters. Everyone's a copywriter. You know, firstly, you're dealing with that issue where it's like, what do you actually do? Like, do you illustrate children's books? Like, what do you actually do? Like, that's the first conversation, like, that my kind of parents, other people that aren't in the space don't realize. So it's like, first, like, sales copywriters. So that's like the first distinction that I make. Then it's like, there are just tons of different people that, like, claim they're good. So, like, what is the difference? Like, in a nutshell, I'd have, like, the only thing I could tell you is, is time. I've written hundreds and hundreds of presentations. I don't know what else to say besides that. I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't know what the answer is. Like, obviously, you could go into the nitty gritty and say, oh, like, people are curious about the world. They understand. I would say, like, the ultimate kind of assets in this space would be reading. For me, like, I read obsessively. I read everything every single day. And I have been like that since a child. So it's like, it's the idea of like bringing ideas together. So like, I love reading. So like, I could talk about so many different topics because of that. So that to me has been a huge asset. The other one is learning. I love, love learning. So that's another asset to me. So I would say if you had to categorize like, let's say like, what are the main differences? I'd have to say like a love for learning and time in the field like you've taken your shots and you've actually like mentorship is huge as well like i'll be real with that but that it is it has to be the only answer can be time in the field it's practice you got to get their hands dirty have there written more than a handful of presentations to be able to see what testing looks like and you know why things actually happen the way they do yeah sure and to fail like i mean i've had so many things fail i can't even I can't even tell you. I'm like, so much. Like, the best writers get it right, like, 60% of the time. So, I mean, that's just the reality, right? Everyone would be rich if it was easy. I agree with that. All right, let's role play a little bit, Jason. Get your role play hat on. Let's say it's opposite day. And what we want to do is we just, we want to have a terrible offer. We want to have the worst offer in the world I just don't want this thing to convert. I don't want to make any sales on this thing. What would I have to do to have an absolutely terrible offer? Terrible. So it would definitely be like like a year or two or longer to get the result. So I'm talking like existential level. Maybe like you'll get your result in five years. Mm. Something, something like that. I think that's, <laughs> that's, that's a bank. That's a, a big promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like you're going to get some crappy result in like a few years from now. I mean, in honesty, that's probably better than not making an offer. Like a lot of people don't actually make one at all. So they, they don't like, it's just, they just think that people know what you do. Like they can like mind read and just, and then they sit there wondering why they haven't been hired. But yeah, I'd, I'd probably say some crappy results over an existentially long period of time, but like without being, I don't know, facetious, if you call it that. It's like anything for me, anything over 12 months is like, I don't even know what I'm going to be doing with my life. So like that kind of thing, anything over 12 months, something they've heard before as well. It's like the same thing. They've heard it over and over. They can find it on Google, you know, that kind of thing. There needs to be some kind of, it's going back into that like unique, relevant, urgent again. It's like, that's the direction. So like, if I had to role play, it's like the opposite of that. It's like something they don't care about. It's existential and 
you know, it's not unique at all. <laughs> like easily replaceable. Just just let me one quick Google search and I got the exact same thing ready to go. Yeah, and people make that mistake. They like tell you what the secret source is. Like I had a client that was selling like ETFs. I don't know if you know what those are, it's like an investing kind of thing. ETFs and on the first page of the presentation he was like ETF. And then so I look at it and I'm like, dude, they know what it is. Like, if you know what an ETF is, like, you're not going to watch that. You're going to be like, I, I know what this is. And if you don't know what it is, you're going to go and Google what it is. And then, you know what it is. <laughs> yeah, and then you're going to get lost with, like, all the million other people trying to sell you that thing. Huh. That's a good thing to keep in mind. Jason, we are rapidly approaching the final question of the podcast. We've made it. We've done our best getting through this thing, and we, we, we're coming out on the other side. Before we do, though, I want to acknowledge you for all that you're doing. I've learned so much from you, Jason. I really have. I don't think I'd even be scratching the surface on a lot of this, like crafting offers things, what it even means to like market something with any uniqueness. I was that guy that was doing all of these things on opposite day. So that's a huge testament to you. And I also love that you, when you work with people, it is results focused. You do help people get results and you connect with people where they're at and you help them grow. So appreciate all that you're doing. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Final question of the podcast is, what does it mean to live a fulfilling life to you? See, this changed. Like at the start, it was always like money, status, I used to dream of like being that CEO that would like sit at the top of my building, like like that dude. But to live a f fulfilling life for me now has gotten it, it's it's converted to time. It has to be time because it's like it's like I'm slowly trying to figure out how to work less while keeping the money. But it's like I mean, it sounds so cliched, but it's like it actually scares the crap out of me when I see how quickly like a year passes. And then I'm like, it's like what? I'm working hours and hours and hours and hours all the time. And it's like, when isn't it enough? So like the fulfilling answer has to be, for me at least, is like being able to have enough money to buy time. So like you can work when you want, do what you want, you enjoy what you're doing, and then you have the time to spend with your family, your partner, your spouse, whatever. So I think that's the goal. That that's the direction. I'm with you. Passive income. <laughs> Passive income, baby. Yeah. Not be stuck at my desk all day. Be able to hang out with friends and family, and you know, actually enjoy their presence while we have it. Yeah, sure. Jason, where can people connect with you on the internet? How can they come say hello? Where do you want to send them? Either follow me on Facebook, or we have myself and Joel have a mentorship program coming up. They're not live yet the links and all of this stuff aren't live yet because we are currently building it and it's probably going to drop on black friday i'll send you the link if you're happy with that to post it in the show notes or whatever if people want to check it out but basically the whole kind of premise behind it is it's it's a mentorship program on how to create seven figure marketing campaigns so it goes from start to finish it goes from wherever you know the person is in their business complete beginner all the way to savvy business person but it's like, what is the step-by-step -step process to creating seven-figure um, campaigns, sales campaigns? So sell basically anything besides products and make a million dollars with it is in a nutshell what it is. So it's like support calls. Basically, you'll get every single one of Joel's courses. You'll get access to like, we've white-labeled software. We've done weekly review calls of like top campaigns, all of that stuff. 
And like it normally costs like thousands and thousands to even get like an hour of Joel's time. So it's like bi-weekly phone calls with him. To me, it's a really good deal. I'll send you the link with that if you're happy to promote it. If you guys want to check it out, then check that out. Yeah, absolutely. I say go say hi to Jason on Facebook. Go say what's up to him. And then when the links are ready, check that out as well because he'll be updating you with that. It'll be in the show notes once this thing's posted. Jason, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, bro. It was awesome. Absolutely. Bye. <laughs> Cheers. That was the episode. You just listened to it. Do not forget to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share this episode with a friend that you know they would appreciate it. Or maybe you just appreciate them and you want to gift them a nice podcast episode. It'll take five seconds. It's a great use of your screen time. Everybody wins. The real reason you're still here, you want to know the answer to the riddle of the week. What has more letters than the alphabet? The post office. See, that was a real riddle. Usually they're riddle jokes, but that one was a brain teaser. That one had you you're thinking. You should have ate some brain food before listening to this episode so you could get that answer correct. I know, you guys got to start studying for these. Thank you for tuning in. I'll see you this Friday at 6 a.m. Be kind, be strong, be disciplined, be obsessed. Get after it. Bye. Bye.